0: What's happening in the box mm-hmm. is, is a miracle of health. And it looks like this, that uh, the affiliates are an oasis from chronic disease. Mm-hmm. Their actions in terms of what they build in their community and culture and what comes out the back door is an unprecedentedly elegant solution to the world's most vexing problem. So I'm super proud of what they're doing. And what we're doing is working to change the world's perception inside and outside of the box Mm -hmm. of that underlying reality. Because it's true. They're healing where no one else can. The affiliates are.
1: This is episode number 35 with Coach Greg Glassman. Welcome to Pursuing Health. I'm Julie Fouché, medical student and former CrossFit Games athlete. Here, I bring to you information and inspiration from experts and everyday individuals for how to use lifestyle to maximize health. Thank you so much for joining me. Now let's get started with this week's episode. Welcome back to Pursuing Health. I recently had the amazing opportunity to sit down with founder and CEO of CrossFit coach Greg Glassman, and I cannot wait to share with you everything he had to say. But first, a little bit of background about Greg. He grew up in Southern California, where his father was a mathematician, and taught him about the scientific method from a very early age, having a big influence on him. He also trained as a gymnast, and he supplemented his training with other modalities, including weightlifting and cycling. He began his career as a trainer, coaching gymnastics in 1974, and over the following years, he would redefine fitness with the CrossFit methodology. He was kicked out of several Globo gyms before finally opening the first CrossFit gym in Santa Cruz, California in 1995, and shortly after that, CrossFit.com was born, where he would post workouts of the day, or WODs as we all know them now, and athletes from around the world would complete these workouts and post their scores to compete with each other online. Beginning in 2003, CrossFit affiliate gyms began to open, and since then, CrossFit has experienced exponential growth, currently with more than 12,000 affiliates worldwide. During this period, we have also witnessed the growth of the CrossFit Games, the ultimate proving grounds for fitness, which identifies the fittest man and woman on earth each year, from a pool of hundreds of thousands of athletes across the globe. We've also witnessed the incredible stories of transformation in the affiliates, with participants losing weight, gaining confidence, and ridding themselves of chronic disease. I've shared some of these stories on previous episodes in the podcast, and they're often some of my favorites to share with you. I recently had the opportunity to sit down with Coach Greg Glassman to discuss everything from his early days as a trainer, to the role that CrossFit and the affiliates play in health and chronic disease, to his new model, the five buckets of death, and some of his ideas for creating a doc in the box. This is absolutely my favorite episode to date, and I cannot wait to share it with all of you. Before we get started, I have a few quick reminders. First, if you're enjoying the podcast, please head over to iTunes to subscribe and consider giving it a five-star rating. You can also head to my website, julifouché.com, or you can enter your email to stay in the loop with the podcast and everything else I'm doing with my bi-weekly newsletter. I'm also always looking for inspiring stories to share. So if you or someone you know has used lifestyle to overcome a serious health challenge, please send your story to me at info at juliefouché.com, and I'll select some to share here on future episodes. If you're interested in training with me, check out my program through Beyond the Whiteboard. This is the actual training that I do now, five days per week, one hour per day, scheduled out for you minute by minute from warm-up to cool-down. We also have a train-on-the-go program that's perfect for helping you get your workouts in on vacation or during a busy week at home. For more information or try out the programs yourself, visit beyondthewhiteboard.com slash also, please remember that although I'm nearing graduation from medical school, this podcast is meant to share experiences of individuals and does not provide medical advice. So with that, let's get started here with episode number 35 of Pursuing Health featuring CrossFit's founder and CEO, Coach Craig. Welcome to Pursuing Health. I'm so excited. This is a very, very special episode. I cannot believe I'm here with Coach Greg Glassman. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast.
0: Thank you, Julie. It feels right to be here. And welcome to my home. Welcome, Thank you. Welcome to Santa Cruz.
1: Thank you. Um, well, I I know there's a lot of things um, that I want to touch on during this podcast, but I thought maybe we could just start out with a little bit of background um, for people listening um, about your back your athletic background growing up and how you got into training first off
0: I was a, a kid grew up in the San Fernando Valley and uh, grew up to a aerospace family and uh, scientific rigor and uh, all of that coincided with a, a gymnastics boom that exploded out of LA in the 1930s and sent uh, more than a hundred kids to the Olympics, mm-hmm. and uh, produced some some uh, amazing gymnastics, some of the best that, that this country uh, ever produced, and uh, my the neighborhood I lived in was an epicenter for that. Okay, and uh, it, was, it was probably natural that I'd want to try to try to uh, combine some of the some of the scientific rigor that had been um drilled into me mm-hmm. with what was my favorite thing that's uh PE, right? Getting outside. <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. So then so at what point did you start getting into the business of training and coaching?
0: Well, as a um it was a easy way to make a living um early. I was a mm-hmm. I coached gymnastics in in high school in the summer. Okay. And uh worked with uh with uh kids and adults both and uh, went from there to the uh, gold's gym uh, scene of the 70s where there mm-hmm. was a uh, anyone that had any kind of uh, athletic background at all could get a job and do do pretty well training you know better than you could as a as a gymnastics uh, coach mm-hmm. at the at the YMCA or the YWCA or in a private studio
1: okay and what do you think it was that Drove you to start changing the game, or to start looking at this differently, and not following the same status quo that everyone had been doing. Well,
0: I mean, I I stepped out of a world where you would, as a gymnast, develop uh, a series of tricks that you wanted to incorporate into a routine early in the season, mm-hmm. and then as the season approached, you'd have to you'd have to uh, uh, bring those together into a, a, a single uh, exercise that may take two. Minutes or more, mm-hmm. and the difference uh, metabolically, you know, in terms of the, just the everything was different about about putting uh, doing something once mm-hmm. and doing ten somethings together, and calling it a routine and not showing undue exhaustion or or uh, or uh, uh, physically appear to be adversely affected because you could take a deduction for panting or right. collapsing on your back and making a sweat angel. That's mm-hmm. a, that was never okay and uh and so the you step into the into the uh, uh commercial scene and what do you have a sea of equipment and just a you know tons of gear and and on a certain level, maybe that makes sense' Cause I came from a world where there were a ton of movements hundreds of movements, so maybe you needed right. hundreds of machines um but uh now it didn't it didn't hold up Why would it be that uh that uh, uh Doing something like uh, five pull-ups, 10 push-ups, and 15 squats iteratively for 20 minutes. Why is that cardio-respiratory stimulus not cardio, but sitting on a bike and doing something for 20 minutes? What makes that magically cardio, you Mm -hmm. know? I knew power lifters that that, uh, that would uh, deadlift, bench press, and squat. They could put the pin at the bottom in any machine and work it with one arm, the whole stack, or, Mm -hmm. or one leg, the whole stack. And then brag. all I do is these three lifts. Right. There, was a, there was something wrong in the bodybuilding offering, and there was something that wasn't quite right in the in the uh, long, slow distance community. And
2: uh, yeah, it,
0: it, it, I think every athlete knew traditional, uh, training. that traditional training—that is not not the not the training that was reserved in the you know at the uh, uh, in the strength and conditioning environment, necessarily for the collegiate athlete over the professional athlete, mm-hmm. but what the public was being offered was a fusion of the long, slow distance uh, variety and the bodybuilding. And uh, I think everyone knew that there was something desperately wrong.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, maybe they knew it, but they didn't know what it was until you came along. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know it, along that that time, you got kicked out of gym after gym. You finally went to to your own what was that like having your own gym and training your clients
0: instantly wonderful yeah amazing uh, before before the first client really you know stepped in we knew that this was this was this was awesome mm-hmm. you know, it was going to be impossible to get kicked out <laughs> which turned out to be for the most part true yeah, <laughs> that's for the good. most part true
1: that's good And at that point when you had your gym, you were training people, you were thriving, you were getting people really fit before, you know, it really went beyond that. What did you see? If you looked into the future, what did you see or what did you, what did you think that your purpose in life was at that time?
0: I I thought it was, I thought it was wonderful and beautiful to, uh, be able to, uh, put, uh, Fitness, define it in terms that uh, that were workable, um, amenable to accurate and precise estimation. Mm-hmm. Um, the constantly varied high-intensity functional movement component was was wonderfully formative. Um, there was a, it continues to be an enormous amount of joy in basically putting everyday fitness on a kinematic foundation mm-hmm. so that force, distance and time are ultimately what you know what carries the day and determines yeah. uh, what's going on, and the repercussions of that, and um, that revolution continue to impact us today, and so uh, it, a lot of it's more of the same, mm-hmm. even even to this into this very moment.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: When when we put fitness on this uh, kinematic basis, it allowed us instantly to uh, give ranking to uh, people in a in a, in a particular workout mm-hmm. so it was clear that that was first place second place third fourth you know mm-hmm. and uh, so that made things like the games wonderfully possible right it was a very different thing than than um maybe what the long slow distance community or the bodybuilding communities is. It, it was a little more dynamic uh more exciting more interesting than measuring biceps right say and then having a bodybuilding contest um, the second thing that it does is it allows us to make, uh, 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 to notice, to measure uh, small improvement. Mm -hmm. So tiny increments, changes, we revisit a workout, and if your weight hasn't changed appreciably, and you're doing the same exercises at the same load, um, the kinematics are... Uh, will be altered and reflected by the time difference, Right. and that time difference gives us accurate and precise estimation as changes in your work capacity, mm-hmm. as far as that workout is 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 is, is concerned. And over time and other workouts, what that does is allows us in 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 with accuracy and precision to uh, um, measure advances in your in your fitness. Mm-hmm. And as we've as we've measured it. Um, as work capacity measured across broad time and modal domains, we now can start to do what has been tantamount to developing a technology of human performance where we can measure and, uh, and take note of uh, improvement.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think, when I, so I did my level one in the fall of 2010, and I think that first lecture about what is CrossFit and then what is fitness dramatically changed my life just being able to under finally feel like I understood what fitness and what health really were um at what point did you realize that what you had created was more than just helping people have better performance but it was on a bigger scale about their health
0: when I wrote what is fitness in 2002 I'd observed that uh, there was a continuum of values from uh sickness to wellness to fitness that uh anything f- fundamentally that we could metric would sit uh, w- well-ordered where there's some well or normal value that sat in between some value that was clearly pathological mm-hmm. or some value that was that was typical of those that we would uh, by whatever definition uh, um say are very fit people mm-hmm. and we knew too that the that the uh, again, the kinematic foundation, we'd put fitness on that if we can measure your work capacity across broad time and modal domains and see improvements in your capacity, and so we'd lift lift that curtain and see that there's an improvement in your work capacity, what happens simultaneously is that a handful of uh, what are are really key metrics um, medically shift simultaneously. And uh, those would include HDL, uh, triglyceride, um, uh, a one C blood pressure, the elements of body count, uh, bone density, uh, uh, um, uh, 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 muscle mass and body fat, you know, those seven would, would move uh, harmoniously and all at once in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, it was clear that there was a correlation between increased work capacity and improved metabolics. Mm -hmm. And when you look to the ease with which you could, and and, and again, we we chose a diet and an exercise regimen that would increase work capacity. Mm -hmm. And so the diet that would optimize your pull-ups is one that would do what? allow you to burn body fat you know and Mm -hmm. if you were if you were had too much to get rid of that that would certainly make it easier to get Mm pull-ups and then increase your uh uh, muscle mass make you stronger and allow you to do more Mm pull-ups and so with an integrated nutritional and uh workout uh concept and that would be our you know it by heart you know the meat and vegetables nuts and seeds some some fruit fruit, little starch starch and no sugar sugar, (laughs) combined with uh Uh, work capacity, you know, uh, constantly varied high-intensity functional movement, Mm -hmm. that that in turn drove the work capacity, improved the fitness, and incidentally moved variables from values that were, if they were pathological, to well, or Mm -hmm. towards that direction at least, Mm -hmm. and from well to fit. And we've even seen, even in this most recent games, Um, people that started their CrossFit Odyssey from values that we would clearly, and we call those things collectively kind of your metabolic health, those seven elements, Mm -hmm. those in, you know, where that sits currently would be a a measure of your metabolic health. And that that is um, directly proportionate to your your, uh, uh, work capacity. Mm -hmm. And so the question was, um, does maximizing your work capacity maximize your metabolic health? And I'm, I'm of the view that in, in the most practical sense that that's clearly the truth. And so that what we have in the games athletes is that chunk of the population globally that is farthest removed from uh, chronic disease. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned chronic disease because those seven uh, pieces that we saw in 2002 move harmoniously in the right direction from values that were that were uh, pathological to the direction of well and from well to the direction of fit, mm-hmm. that those things generally moved under that you know, uh, constantly varied high-intensity functional movement in the meat and vegetables, nuts and seeds, um, some fruit, little starch, no sugar, um, that we, we come to learn over time that the uh, stimulus that is the meat and vegetables, nuts and seeds, mm-hmm. and the exercise itself that those things are um, the. That's uh, <laughs> the dog. Oh boy. Are the uh, <laughs> independent variables that are driving those markers of metabolic health mm-hmm. as truly as independent as dependent variables as dependent variables, and what we currently know about chronic disease suggests that it's fundamentally a deficiency syndrome,
1: mm-hmm. where
0: the lack of exercise and a diet that's truthfully looks no less has an effect no less than to be one of uh, you could call it classical malnutrition mm-hmm. um that that deficiency syndrome um is is uh, uh uh the root cause is it the etiology of all that is wrong and so that when we when we increase your work capacity through the stimulus that we're currently have ascribed to, mm-hmm. we may be optimally addressing the root cause of a lot of chronic disease. And that's something that's keeping uh keeping a lot of us up up at night.
1: Yes. That's mm-hmm. very profound. What so knowing this, what role does CrossFit and do the affiliates play in creating health?
0: An unprecedented role. And and um What's happening at uh, HQ? What we're doing, doing in media, doing in talking to friends, mm-hmm. is letting the world know that what's happening in the box is um, more than uh, than all the beautiful people coming out, more than the friendships, more than the fitness. Um, it's more than, and there are a lot of other profound things going on. The uh, f- uh, functional aesthetic. That is that really has, you know, we look at our champions and we say they're beautiful. Mm -hmm. That beauty is tied to an aesthetic that is so liberating. It's not. It's not arbitrary. It's tied to work capacity. It's tied to something that we know. I'm already making the claim is Mm -hmm. is tied to those essential health health markers. Oh, I'm going to jump back to it. I wanted to say before and mentioning talking Mm -hmm. about those seven pieces about uh, A1C, HDL, Mm -hmm. um, triglyceride, and blood pressure, and then and then body fat, bone density, and muscle mass, those things are each either defining manifestation of chronic disease or a chronic condition Mm -hmm. or are uh, uh, high probability predictors of chronic disease or themselves causal uh, elements of additional um, disease (laughs) like hypertension Mm -hmm. or all three like hypertension. And to say that you have what you would call in the engineering sense kind of a high order or universal control over them, like mm-hmm. here you are in a refinery and out comes, you know, hypertension, to say that you know what knobs to turn mm-hmm. to shut that off and not fuck up the rest of the system mm-hmm. is, is profound. And, and we've known that for a long time. What's happened over the, and it's and it's been part of the curriculum since, well, I mean, it was those that read what is fitness saw it there, that we knew that we had some kind of, in fact, it questioned us to ask, um, how do fitness and health um, differ? Are they not the same thing if they vary by, de- de- by, by degree,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know, that you can mm-hmm. take values and scooch them over here and I've got, you know, that's something that's only found in people that are very fit and mm-hmm. you move them over here. And that's something that's clearly pathological and something in between is wellness. Like, well, are fitness and health related? And Mm -hmm. what is that relationship? Um, that's been a big part of the CrossFit story is trying to plumb that relationship. And uh, I feel currently we have a pretty good handle on that. It's uh, I like Mm -hmm. the message we're giving. It's uh, it's ready for export, but, uh, what's happening in the box Mm -hmm. is, is a miracle of health and it looks like this that uh the affiliates are an oasis from chronic disease Mm -hmm. that whether they um uh, beat their chests and are hyper aware of it as as am i Mm -hmm. or not um, their actions in terms of what they build in their community and culture and what comes out the back door is 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 a, a, a an unprecedentedly elegant and I mean that in the sense of being effective and efficient Mm -hmm. but an unprecedentedly elegant solution to the world's most vexing problem so I'm super proud of what they're doing and what we're doing is working to change the world's perception inside and outside of the box Mm -hmm. of that underlying reality because it's true they're healing where no one else can affiliates are—they're healing where no one else can.
1: They are. We see it every day, and it is to be, to be in learning medicine at this time in a, a conventional healthcare system, and sometimes to see that you're having—you're seeing much more success when you go into your affiliate to work out than often you're seeing in the office, and it's very eye-opening to see that contrast. Yeah. What do you think? If if you could design the per our healthcare system is obviously broken. If you could design the perfect healthcare system, what would it look like? In terms of creating health, not in terms of curing disease.
0: Um I put it up here today, thinking about you coming. And I I said that opportunities for medical science to positively impact public health will arise only after the non medical nature of chronic disease is fully appreciated and acted upon effectively, and what I mean by the non-medical nature of chronic disease yes. is that it's a deficiency syndrome. Of let's just for argument's sake call it a natural diet, and you and I had mm-hmm. shared a bunch of opinions on that without even talking. <laughs> we know that a we know that a diet full of sugar isn't a natural diet, right? Um, that that the the deficiency and its correction are are lifestyle issues. And they do present an acute medical condition eventually, but it's kind of like scurvy and that at the point that you're eating oranges, they're no longer medicine. Right. And the guy that's growing the oranges isn't running a hospital, nor is he a pharmaceutical corporation.
2: Right.
0: And so there's a very simple message about about so much of your fate. In fact, we have this got my five buckets of death here that you know you got chronic disease and then there's only f- and we've played this game with some very astute you know professional medical audiences
1: mm-hmm. where you
0: just throw causes of death at me and it's either going to fall in the chronic bucket or toxic and that should actually be poison and not tox toxin but i, I liked all the x, mm-hmm. um kinetic genetic or microbic and uh, you look at death, seventy-five percent of it's chronic. Mm-hmm. And if I look at where the money goes, you can play five buckets of where's the money gone. It's eighty-six percent of it's going to chronic, and the fourteen percent's mm-hmm. ended up in those four buckets. And suffering, I don't know quite how to metric that, but uh, there are other, you know, there are other things that are that different ways you could look at the problem. But no matter how you parse the thing, um, that chronic disease, that tremendous amount of expense and suffering and, and death. Um, has its root cause. Um, Again, I think it's a deficiency syndrome that I think CrossFit currently has got to perhaps maybe even optimally uh, a a, a remarkably elegant solution. So you look at the rest and like, what do you need there? Well, you know, I don't want to be poisoned. I don't want to be cut in half. I don't want to get bad genes and I'm worried about uh, bacteria, virus, prions and, you know... Mm -hmm. Black mold. I mean, I just you know you can wear a mask and curse your parents and <laughs> stare out the window waiting for that meteor to come through and think you're going to duck, or uh, become super concerned about everything you consume in fear of poisons. I when I look when you look at that and you're honest with it, there are listen, you poison me or cut off my arm or if I've got you know some cursed genetic issue or an infection, I'm running to you. I want your help. Right. For sure. What would really help, though, in terms of prior, what I may have done, rather Mm -hmm. than worry, would probably have been been fit. Mm -hmm. And then so it leaks over there. But largely, what I need, Doc, is I need luck. I need (laughs) (laughs) luck. I need to have good
2: parents
0: (laughs) dodge the virus that the guy next to me caught, You know, with some notable exceptions. But the dividing line here starts to look like things you can do something about and things you can't. Yes. And so what I'm saying is that the opportunities for medical science to positively impact public health will arise only after the non-medical nature of chronic disease. That is, we're going to shrink some of this. Mm-hmm. That will give you resource. It'll also give you more people suffering from those things.
1: Right. <laughs> you know? They'll be living longer. That's They'll right. Be, yeah, That's
0: right. There's going to be yeah, There's going to be other opportunities to get cut in half.
1: And I wonder too... If like you, like you talk about the buffer, if you have all these people living over here in fitness, when those things happen, you know, maybe those things won't happen as often or maybe they will, they'll be easier to treat. Let me
0: give you some examples where you're going to get an outright just pass. Um, There are, there are uh, uh, genes that you can acquire that will not manifest absent some overt participation on your part. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite of those would be for alcoholism. Hmm. Don't drink. It, that, I don't <laughs> care if you have the gene or not. It right. won't, you know, the issues, the, 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 thing, the thing isn't going to fully manifest. Right. Um, uh, the survival to a kinetic insult, to physical insult, mm-hmm. um, the surviving of, 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 uh, of uh, infection. I mean, that's, that's, you, you know for a fact that you want to start with someone healthy if that's going to happen, right? right? The chances of survival are much greater. So that's probably where you can play the greatest role there. And in terms of this idea of I'm gonna i I'm gonna get some rare disease and go to the expert on that and everything's gonna be okay, I think that and I've got a family full of physicians. Mm-hmm. I love medicine. It's a it's one of those things I, I thought would just be the greatest thing to be and I have the utmost admiration for, for all docs. But uh um, what you really need when something's wrong with you is to not get misdiagnosed and mistreated. That would be—that's—that's—that's be, <laughs> that's, the—that would be the, the more wonderful thing than finding that person that has the miracle cure. Because mm-hmm. ultimately, at the end of the day, the standard of practice is the standard of practice, and mm-hmm. what you'd hope to find is that. Right. You know, and so it comes to us that like fitness and luck will be the major determinants of your health in terms of that stuff. You can do something about. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well the excuse me talk too much (laughs) um we've used the analogy before of uh the uh, physician is a lifeguard Mm -hmm. and the uh and the the trainer the crossfit affiliate is a swim coach Mm -hmm. i like that i still like it i like
2: that
0: a lot Uh, when when you need a lifeguard you need a lifeguard Mm -hmm. you know you go down and flatline I need, I need a doctor so bad and burpees and, and progenics aren't the answer. Right. Right. Uh, Probably didn't like that. It's not time for, it's not time for, uh, for rock tape. Right. I just bomb a bunch of sponsors.
1: (laughs) No, we get it. Yeah. (laughs) But, um, no, I love that. And I love that, that right now, and the fact that you need that, you need that coach who you're seeing multiple times a week on a regular basis, who you have that relationship with in order, and you have that community of support in order to be living this lifestyle that's going to be ridding you of chronic disease. It's not something you're going to fix in an office visit once or twice a year.
0: Julie, there's there's uh, compelling evidence that uh, kind of getting thrown our way to suggest that a social network is an essential element.
1: It's huge.
0: Yeah. That absent that, it doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. And, uh,
1: and that alone, just the social network alone has a positive impact on health and chronic disease. It's the, Let alone it's whether the, you're just sitting together or not even yeah. working out at all.
0: I just Someone just suggested to me, they didn't suggest, they told me that it was just discovered in some big study, private industry kind of thing, mm-hmm. that uh, a ref, uh, personal network of three people who would help you with your... Uh, with your release from the hospital, mm-hmm. was a, like a perfect predictor of readmission. That hmm. makes sense. And so could you give me three or not? Yes or no? And mm-hmm. that, that was a dividing line that across everything else said, uh-oh, they're coming back. Wow. Oh, that was interesting. doesn't surprise me.
2: No.
0: It was sent my way because the person that had been privy to the, to the data while it was still warm, mm-hmm. just had been discovered, was saying that CrossFit solves all of those. sure. I mean, how many times you have to go to a box before you have at least three people,
1: right? Absolutely. We've heard that story time and time again when something happens and immediately they've got all their friends in there supporting them in the hospital because that's, you know, those are the type of people you meet in the box. For sure. Wow. So something that you have been really spending a lot of effort on this past year is the soda industry. Mm Mm-hmm why has that been such an important, um, focus for you?
0: Um, the toxicity of, uh, of sugar. We now, you know, I'm talking about, about high fructose, corn syrup, table sugar, sucrose. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, we know the role that glucose plays in metabolism. And we've learned a whole lot about the role that fructose plays in metabolism. Mm Um, the smoking gun is there. the, uh oxidation of the mitochondria and the production of uric acid and unregulated production of AMP and all that cascade of shit leading to diabetes and and uh, obesity it's it's a uh, it's it's well understood and uh study after study is showing us the toxicity now there are a lot of things that are toxic mm-hmm. that uh, CrossFit isn't going on about you know there are cartels moving heroin into this country and and uh, people growing weed, and you know, you know, there's, there are there are there are things that that are certainly toxic, and lifestyles that are toxic. Mm-hmm. But uh, the second piece to this is the corruption, and we saw it uh, in depth in the uh, in the uh, 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 hydration problem, of which uh, Gatorade and the American College of Sports Medicine played absolutely deplorable in super profitable roles mm-hmm. uh, took us a couple of years and a few million dollars to to unscrew that mess but uh and we were led there by academics that you know it was it was uh, people out of a sports uh, medicine department that told us you got to take a look at this hydration thing mm-hmm. pushed for a couple of years for us to take a close look at it and what we yeah. saw was was absolutely unbelievable and since then we've gone to other places and looked at other issues and things like exercises medicine and the global energy balance network and and uh uh it, it, we find it again we find the same players we find the american beverage association and uh, and uh it's uh, constituent elements um erecting these these groups like a Life sciences Institute mm-hmm. that have uh, inordinate sway over c d c and others. It's, it's absolutely appalling. So the corruption, the, the, what soda money has done in the health sciences and fitness um, has to be remedied. So that's the second component. Mm-hmm. Then the third element is that whether it was their plan or not at the level of people making the, the, the poisonous bubbly stuff to fund legislation that tries to stop us from delivering our message or not, that money has gone that direction mm-hmm. and lots of it, and uh, we caught them. Um, we found uh, just under twenty pieces of legislation that had in, in seven or eight states in uh, yearly attempts. you know we'd been these these asteroids have been shooting over our head while we were mm-hmm. busy opening gyms all over the world and mm-hmm. growing our games and doing what we were doing, building 13,000 islands from chronic disease. Um, what the soda assholes and their proxies were doing were trying to make the, that revolution illegal. Trying to make the training with the certification that we hold an aggravated misdemeanor, though it's in, I think in every sense superior to the to the one that was being supported by the, the, the this failed legislation. Um, one of these bills passed in D.C., and uh, it caused us to to look more closely at just the broader picture at the world that's out there and what we see is that in the chronic disease space certainly from the anything that might look like fitness um i find uh sodas proxies in crossfit that's about it Mm -hmm. and uh yeah we're in conflict so that's it that's where that comes from (laughs) three three solid reasons the toxicity Mm -hmm. the corruption of the health sciences and uh funding assholes that are trying to squeeze us out of the marketplace
1: (coughs) excuse me and it's amazing to see all now to see all the data that is out there for really how toxic it is and how you know we we talk about the similarity of cigarettes and smoking um (coughs) years ago and how long (coughs) it took for people to really realize the impact of that on your health and I hope, I, you know, I think with all the work you're doing that hopefully this process is going to be much faster with the soda and well, with there's the sugar.
0: A, there's, a, there's a wonderful anti-soda coalition, and it's uh, people from uh, UC San Francisco uh, School of Medicine and uh, San Francisco Department of Health and uh, uh, Cal- California Coalition for Public Health, I <laughs> But uh forget the name but those Mm -hmm. people are great there's there's, it's a great group of people that are that are tackling this thing that are aware of just what's going on and uh you know a lot of that a lot of the anti-soda coalition has as its aim to to reduce consumption Mm -hmm. ironically we've we've long had that in crossfit you know it was like meat and vegetables nuts and seeds some fruit little starch and no sugar and so we we walked from it yeah but the uh the real value now will come in terms I think ahead of even the the reduction in consumption needs to be the removal of impediments to getting the word out to the public just as to what the real nature is nature mm-hmm. of the problem is what the threat is and uh, and that's where the where the where the political element and the you know comes in. We had in the hydration again in a, in a single instance with one young man with Zaris Oliver. I can see the the uh deadly impact of uh, uh uh the American College of Sports Medicine and the science they they uh, uh altered mm-hmm. um in their in their hydration guidelines. I can see the damage to Cyrus Oliver from uh visits he made to the ER prior the week prior to his collapse two weeks prior i believe it was to his collapse Mm -hmm. where they said it was classical dehydration and told him to Mm hyperhydrate he he presented at the hospital already uh uh, and they told him it was dehydration Mm -hmm. and so he hyperhydrated and when he collapsed they propped him up and fed him fluids and so his fellow teammates and coaches they called first responders that gave him further hydration Mm -hmm. and he got sent home and he passed in unconsciousness and during the life flight and subsequently admitted to the ER, um in, in the postmortem the pathologist observes eleven lines. They're not taking fluid out, they're putting it in. And and then in the then the, the uh uh pathologist says that he had classic signs of dehydration presenting weeks before the death and just mm-hmm. like like still it's still not dawned on everyone that uh this kid was was drowned. Wow. Uh-huh. And all of, that, all of that myth, there is no athletic dehydration. There's no such thing. It doesn't happen. There's no one that goes out for an athletic event and has a medical event that's like, oh my God, he's critically dehydrated. That doesn't happen. You'd have to wander off the trail and not be found for a week. <laughs> it doesn't happen in the space of, a, of an athletic event. Mm-hmm. There's no, there's no pro- prophylactic value. There's no etiology or an exertional cramping in a hydration level. There's no protective value from heat injury in uh, hydration none at all but we have a generation of people from and it's believed from the emergency room Mm -hmm. um, from all the way down to the field that that's what you have to avoid Mm -hmm. and what happened we had another kid this time a a kid in ranger school I don't know if you saw that or not I
2: didn't
0: yeah another hyponatremia death wow they're happening still still and we blame we blame uh, uh, the people that Profited from that uh, Mm. from that misunderstanding. We've picked up a term that we call uh, sponsored ignorance. And it's it's one thing to get it wrong. Mm -hmm. Some science is complicated. Although I'll tell you things like you know just between you and I, how you get with with how you could have any kind of clinical experience at all with Mm -hmm. feeding people and watching them, and have bought into the uh, high fat. Um, I'm sorry. The low-fat, high-carb hysteria. Yeah. You know, the high-carb, low-fat hysteria. Um, to have to have bought into that with any kind of clinical experience is absolutely beyond me. And but, you know, I, I'm not going to persecute someone for their lack of of perceptive skills or or being uh, uh, easily. Fooled, you know, Mm -hmm. look, the emperor had no clothing, and almost everyone in the audience was going along with it. I don't hate them all.
2: Yeah,
0: what I hate is the people in the audience that were paid to not see the clothing, those are the ones I hate. And so, that sponsored ignorance is damnable. Mm -hmm. And we've seen it too many places we've seen it at the CDC, we've seen it at the NIH, um, uh, USDA, FDA, you know, just to name a few.
1: Everywhere, yeah, yeah,
0: it's wrong, it's wrong. And so, from where where I sit, as leader of, of CrossFit, um, there have been some recent uh, shifts uh, uh, in uh, 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 guidelines that mm-hmm. are that are positive. I've seen some of these agencies rise up to you know taking taking uh, uh, maxes off of fat and putting them on sugar. Right? Yeah. We can yeah. all we can all welcome that, but a lot of it's too late. So I recently go to the CDC website on chronic disease, and what do they want me to do? Cut out saturated fats and reduce salt. Like, damn you, you, <laughs> you still, you know, you won't tell the truth about this. And so we're gonna we're gonna take up pick up the mantle where they refuse. You know, it's a, there's a charter that's been that's been abdicated clearly, mm-hmm. clearly. How do you knowing what we know about the incidence of chronic disease? that it's going to take 70, 75% of the people that, that fall. And by the way, that figure is holding globally all just about every country is going asymptotic. Yeah. It looks like to about 70, 75% is a, is a minimum. Um, how do you, how do you address that issue and not say something about, uh, about excessive carbohydrate in the diet? How yeah. I used to think that, uh, you and I were just smarter than everyone else that, the, <laughs> you know, the people that should have known mm-hmm. to, uh, and, uh, i don't think i don't think we were um we just weren't being paid to to have it wrong
1: right well i did want to ask first we've seen in, in crossfit journal and recently about a crossfit affiliate opening up in a hospital i know you've talked about a crossfit affiliate opening up in a medical school here soon what is what is your perspective on that
0: um i don't i don't know if they'd be an affiliate in a medical school but we do have a, a medical school where we've been in uh, long fruitful talks about Mm -hmm. setting up a first hand CrossFit experience for the medical faculty and some select patients okay that is to put to the to the test uh, my notion that Mm -hmm. um, the stimulus in terms of nutrition and exercise that uh, optimizes the Mm -hmm. uh, kinematic adaptation will control metabolics and so that's you know I'm going back east to work on that soon um that's really, of course, exciting to me. What was the other part of this? Oh, dock in the box, <laughs> Dock in a box. yeah, we're gonna put some physicians in a in a box
2: mm-hmm.
0: and uh uh what do I say about that um it's kind of a it's kind of a wonderful roll up your sleeves trick, you know. We'll have the craftsman toolbox with all the goodies in it, mm-hmm. right and the the screens and everything ready to go over there. Mm-hmm. And on the other side, a professional kitchen, and the rest of it looks like a CrossFit gym. And if uh, something horrible should happen, I, we can get it stabilized until we can get, uh, mm-hmm. get that uh, taken care of elsewhere. But uh, the truth is, is that the stats on like post-MI uh, uh, exercise, mm-hmm. uh, you have a exercise-related cardiovascular complication once in every 86,000 hours of post-MI exercise. It's just not happening there. You know, it's it's funny. I've been in the gym day in and day out for decades. I've seen heart attacks in the classroom. I haven't done a lot of classroom time, not like you. I've seen heart attacks at school. I've seen them in the grocery store. I I don't even go to church, but I saw a heart attack in a church. (laughs) Um, I've never seen one in the gym. I've heard of people leaving the gym and going home and having a heart attack. Mm -hmm. I've known people having heart attacks after and during surgery, Mm -hmm. but I haven't seen one in the gym. Um, I would like to put a couple of docs in a box and very deliberately work with people that have been overlooked, Mm -hmm. that have chronic disease and uh, um, haven't been given the opportunity to... To be treated as this, as though this were a deficiency syndrome, so that outside of the ir- any irre- irreversible damage that mm-hmm. may have been done, that still their best hope is to fix the underlying cause to reverse it. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have that happening right now in the gyms. Right, I call them the double outlier. It's an oddity to go into a CrossFit gym weighing 400 pounds. Mm-hmm. And it's also an oddity to be a four hundred pounder who becomes a two hundred pounder. Both of those things are kind of kind of unusual. So mm-hmm. you're like the double outlier to present to a CrossFit gym, morbidly obese. And I just use obesity as an example. You know, we both know the issue is really a total metabolic derangement of which obesity is one symptom. Right. So you'd probably rather pick A one C so that mm-hmm. my soda friends didn't try and say all you need to do is exercise more. <laughs> but um um I would like to uh, aggregate, congregate, if you will, in a single box, uh, a large number of these outliers from a given geographical region. Mm-hmm. So show to everyone that bring me bring me the, the people that, you know, syndrome X, uh, it's interesting that we've been much better at naming it than being honest about what's wrong. So right. whether it's syndrome X or metabolic syndrome or... Or whatever whatever the the current name for the thing is. Um we have an elegant solution and it's it's uh it's not a miracle, it's just good science. And I, I'm ready to I'm ready to show the world that we got that. And so we've got we got the right friends and the right tools and resources. Um we're looking at locations and Amazing. Everyone's kind of excited.
1: Very excited. Y'all yeah, need help from you. I'm ready. I'm I'm ready. Good, good. <laughs> we're here. Amazing. Okay. Well, I want to just close with a couple questions that I ask everyone on the podcast. Um, the first one, I guess this is coming from you. I think this is a no brainer, but three things that you do on a regular basis that have the biggest overall positive impact on your health. Like if you had to come up with the three most crucial things.
0: Enthusiasm for activity, carbohydrate restriction, and fasting
2: mm. yeah I, like I don't that. know where
0: fasting sits yeah. but uh I'm increasingly led to believe that there's something something significant going on
1: mm-hmm. have you done whole much- nother,
0: whole nother subject but yeah
1: have you done much self-experimentation with fasting? Yeah, yet?
0: over the years. I mean, it was six or seven years ago I did a eat-every-other-day thing. Okay. And that was really fun because, <laughs> you know, on the eat days, it was eat anything you wanted. <laughs> and then you just wake up the following day, oh, yeah, shit, and just put it out of your mind and j- didn't think about it. So those were really simple, too. Yeah. So for simplicity, it was cool. odd-even plan. Right. Um, And... uh but there's a there's a lot going on in the literature right now of, on fasting. There and, is, yeah. And uh, uh, turns out our diet was a lot better than we may have thought it was. Uh, whole another podcast. Yes. Have absolutely. you ta- gone to talk to Thomas Seafried yet?
1: I have not. No, maybe I'll have to find him next.
0: Yeah. I have uh. a gift for you in that regard. Oh, okay. You have his book.
1: No. No.
0: You'll leave here with it.
1: Okay. Awesome. Um one thing that for you is the hardest to implement. One thing that that would have a big impact on your health but it's the hardest to implement.
0: <coughs> oh, it's got to it's got to be the food thing, right?
1: it mm-hmm.
0: It's got to be for everyone.
1: Yeah. It's a common answer.
0: Yeah. Um our uh The compulsion to to uh, elevate blood sugar
1: mm-hmm.
0: is really
1: remarkable. It's it's a drug. Sugar is a drug. No, oh, clearly. Very clearly. And what does a healthy life look like to you?
0: Balance in all things.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, there's a psychosocial component, intellectual mm-hmm. component. I mean I would I build a CrossFit for the brain as well. Mm-hmm. Your life should be full of art and I think math and Mm -hmm. thinking.
1: What are some of the things that inspire you that you do with, you know, to exercise that component?
0: Um, I have the classic uh, texts in physics and uh, calculus that uh, I had in school Mm -hmm. and I pulled them down on the Kindle version recently. Wow. And I uh, thought, let's just try problem number 17, chapter 8. And then I found that I couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. And it was frustrating. And that 15 minutes later, I figured it out and I could. So let me try another one. Mm-hmm. Um, that's good stuff. It's it's really no different than being back in the gym. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That I These same that. things happen in the brain. It's
1: amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. And I find that now I'm like I mentioned earlier I'm studying for my board exam and I'm now I'm doing tabata studying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like everything you learn in the gym you can apply. It's it's very cool how life has that sort of balance.
0: I'm trying to relearn techniques of integration um for the same reason that you would do a burpee or, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean there's easier ways to do exactly those problems than mm-hmm. than through you know those techniques but
1: well Well, I don't know if you remember the first time that we met but it was in 2012 right after regionals in Columbus and uh, I had just finished competing I made it to the games I was super excited I was probably more excited to meet you and I first thing I told you was thank you for changing my life because you truly did and it's not aside from the games aside from competing it's that you completely changed my understanding of health and fitness and what I want you know, what I wanted to do with my life. What is it like for you to have, to know that you've changed the lives of hundreds of thousands, millions of people?
0: That's, it's humbling. It's a, it's hard to take in, you know, I don't have a, I don't have anything to compare it to.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, I'm
0: proud of a lot of people. Um, I have more blessings than anyone I've met. I think, um, uh, I, uh, to, to, uh, have a message or, or, or notion, a concept and for it to sit in your head and to be sure of it is a very different thing than to have people close to you that believe in you and, and, you know, share that and share that conviction and, mm-hmm. and work all those people in the, in the early days, um, everyone, Lauren, you know, the original cast, characters in santa cruz uh Mm -hmm. it's uh it was it was a magical team and it continues to be one to this day you know it's uh i'm i'm emotionally i'm i'm lost i'm awash in the in the realization of how how incredibly blessed we all are um to rally together behind some simple truths and hold really no other litmus up for inclusion except like do you get it or not right right it's pretty cool it's pretty inclusive it is. and so we know we know everybody you know we know everybody it's amazing no matter what you want to do or you know no matter where you go it's crossfitters that are going to step forward and say hi and i know you yeah. see it
1: oh yeah. yeah all the time
0: so you end up with a lawyer that crossfits and an accountant that crossfits and you know you and that's your... how
1: you find the very, very best one of all of them. Yeah, isn't that interesting too? <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah, I've had uh, people, CrossFitters that offer professional services, um, try and lowball their trade for me, you know, mm-hmm. and I won't let them. I don't. I don't want someone to lose on a favor, right? <laughs> right. Uh, I know how people. I know how that's how the guy makes his living. Mm-hmm. Thank you, honey.
1: Yes. Thank you so much for sitting down with me. I cannot wait to see what this movement does in the next five, 10, 15 years from now.
0: We're at a crossroads. There's a, uh, a tsunami of, uh, disease coming. And, uh, it's really interesting to speak to the CrossFitters that are working in the ERs. There's kind of a, at the, you know, right there at the beach, yeah. right. And, uh, there, nobody has a really good answer. Um, I'm, I'm not so, uh, I'm not neither arrogant nor conceited enough to think that, that, that we have that we're gonna save everyone you know that's mm-hmm. that's not gonna happen the part we don't talk about with what it is that we offer is that it takes an enormous amount of willpower and self control mm-hmm. and for a lot of people that's just in short supply but we do provide the best fertilizer known for that and that is community yeah and so you know that's that's the hope um I had a reporter recently say just very concerned about the, uh, the downside of getting off the couch and hurting yourself. Right. right. <laughs> you know, the risks. And, uh, um, she says, well, you have to admit that CrossFit isn't for everybody. And, uh, I said, okay, well, but, but it is for anybody. Right. You know, and th- that is the truth. And so we look again at that mm-hmm. dividing line. It's kind of like the things you can do something about and the things you can't, mm-hmm. but, uh, what a wonderful thing it would be to think that you'd eliminated from the specter of possibilities about 75% of what's killing the mm-hmm. current crop of folks sitting around watching TV today. That's amazing. Instead Thanks of listening be, to you.
1: Yeah. And it's, you know, it's simple and anyone can do it. It's
0: yeah. amazing. Anybody.
1: Anybody can. Yep. Maybe not for everybody. <laughs> well, thank you so much. This is fun. Thank you all so much for tuning into this episode. It really was a dream come true for me to sit down with Greg to talk about CrossFit and its impact on chronic disease and learn what some of his plans are for the future. My passion truly lies in using lifestyle to prevent and treat chronic disease. And like many of you, I've seen it time and time again in CrossFit affiliates. I'm so excited to see how we as a community will continue to do this on a large scale with the evolution of CrossFit over the next several years. To hear more from Greg on this topic, make sure you also check out his recent CrossFit journal article titled Fitness, Luck, and Health. I linked to this article on my website, juliefouché.com, so you can check it out there under the post for this podcast. To make sure you never miss an episode and to receive exclusive content from me, head to my website, juliefouché.com, where you can subscribe to my email list. Also, don't forget to share your stories. If you or someone you know has used lifestyle to overcome a serious health challenge, please email me at info at i I'll choose some of these inspiring stories to share here on the podcast in future episodes. If you like what you hear, don't forget to subscribe and consider giving the podcast a five-star rating on iTunes. Also, don't forget you can train with me by visiting beyondthewhiteboard.com slash juliefouché. I always love hearing your feedback, so please leave comments under this post on my website, juliefoucher.com, and share your thoughts on social media with the hashtag JFHealth. Thank you again so much for listening, and I'll catch you next time on Pursuing Health.